coming into work, you're driving and thinking, I don't know what I'm going to see. I don't know how I'm going to treat these patients. Am I going to have the space to put them? I believe the worst is over if we continue to be smart. Of establishing more formally what it would look like and how we could begin the process uh, of the kind of incremental uh, release of the stay-at-home orders. Encouraging words from the governors of California and New York, but also a reminder that we're not there yet and everyone needs to continue to do their part and stay at home. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. In just a moment, I'll talk about the one thing that sportscasters and many of the rest of us miss the most when I'm joined by a former doctor for the Chargers on what it's going to take to start the games up again and the challenges leagues are facing in uncertain times. First, though, a look at some of the top coronavirus headlines for Monday, April 13th. For the first time, the county is revealing the number of homeless people who have tested positive for COVID-19. To date, the county has logged 1,847 cases overall, 43 of those are new, and 13 of the total cases are homeless residents. The county also announced that two more people have died, bringing the region's death toll to 47. Governor Gavin Newsom says while California is still in the middle of the stay-at-home order, governors from several states are starting to talk about moving forward. We have had the deep collaborative spirit advanced now in states large and small all across the United States, but none stronger than the relationships we have formed in Washington State and the state of Oregon. Uh, we just sent out a joint statement of a shared vision uh, for a process and protocol, a framework we refer to it uh, for reopening, uh, not just within our states, but more broadly uh, as a region. I don't want to overstate uh, this vision. Uh, I don't want to overstate this framework, and I don't want to understate uh, the imperative of meeting this moment by continuing to practice appropriate social distancing and practicing physical distancing so we can continue to bend the curve. The governor says he'll give more details about his plan tomorrow, but urged everyone to continue to practice social distancing. San Diegans unable to pay their property taxes because of coronavirus can have the penalty waived. Treasurer Tax Collector Dan McAllister announced his office will cancel late penalties for people directly affected by the virus, but you must complete a form, include documentation showing why you can't pay, and include a check for the second installment of property taxes you owe. The spread of coronavirus also continues south of the border in Tijuana. Some government officials admit medical professionals don't have what they need to protect themselves while working. 10 News reporter Laura Acevedo checks in on our neighboring city in Mexico. According to the governor of Baja California, Jaime Bonilla Valdez, the number of confirmed COVID cases in Tijuana is now up to 240, 21 deaths. The city has 190 suspected cases. The governor also saying that as a result of not being ready, quote, doctors are dropping like flies. However, there was no confirmation as to how many are actually sick. Doctors in Mexicali tell 10 News there is a great need for supplies in both cities quickly. Our sister station Televisa reports that statewide, officials did announce there are eight doctors and four nurses that have tested positive, two in serious condition. However, they did not disclose where they worked. Laura Acevedo, 10 News. One of the sailors on the San Diego-based USS Theodore Roosevelt has died from coronavirus. The unidentified sailor tested positive March 30th. 
He was found unresponsive last week during a routine medical check. The Navy also announced four other sailors have been transferred to a hospital. Nearly 600 sailors have tested positive, and more than 4,000 have moved to shore. UCSD researchers have found the first scientific evidence associating coronavirus with a loss of taste and smell. There have been a lot of anecdotal reports about that happening, but this is the first link backed by data. The San Diego researchers found people with a loss of smell and taste are more than 10 times more likely to have COVID-19 than other causes. They do say the most common first sign of COVID-19 remains fever. Well, it's been one week since San Diego Unified started teaching classes online, but grading won't start for another couple of weeks. Today, 10 News spoke with school board vice president Richard Barrera. He says everything is moving according to plan so far, and the district is on track to getting 40,000 students equipped with computer and internet access at home. In our first week, we delivered over 18,000 computers. So over the course of this week and next, um, we are on track to get you know those 40,000-plus computers into the homes of our students. Barrera tells us the district is taking a major financial hit by transitioning to virtual learning, which he says will cost about $18 million by the end of the school year. He says the district is also considering expanding summer school programs or extending the school year. Disease doctors say don't drive yourself crazy trying to sanitize your groceries. The possibility of contracting coronavirus from food packaging is very low. And if you're practicing good hand washing, those chances are even lower. But if you need some peace of mind, doctors say use soap and water to wipe packages down. Disinfectant sprays and wipes can seep in and contaminate the food. When it comes to produce, just use water. Well, for many people, life won't even begin to start to look like normal until we have sports back on our televisions. And joining me today is the uh, former team doctor for the San Diego Chargers, Dr. David Chow. Uh, first of all, Doc, it's it's great to talk to you again, and uh, hopefully everyone, your whole family, safe during this pandemic. Yeah, they're safe. I mean, uh, unique times, right? Uh, Easter at home, a little swimming, a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, internet service, you know, a little different. Well, before we uh, talk about what it's going to take to get sports back here in this country, let me ask you, when you were working with the Chargers and were a team doctor, what were some of the procedures in place? The locker room is obviously a place where, uh, you know, the common cold, flu viruses during the winter when football season's on can pass around really quickly. So what were the procedures that were already in place before this pandemic that you saw firsthand in the NFL? Well, you know, every season, we'd be worried about uh, infections. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, MRSA, MRSA, or uh, co-MRSA, whatever you want to call it, that can spread through the, the locker room, the resistant bacterial infections. And there were a lot of safety protocols already in place for that throughout the season, throughout the year, including off-season. But every fall, we would offer the team, uh, along with Dr. Ezon and Dr. Wong, the primary care guys, offer the team uh, a flu vaccine for influenza. And quite honestly, not every player would take it. And um, we would then encourage everyone who walked through the training room, hey, did you take the vaccine yet? Here's why. And the doctors would take it just as in good faith and and encourage everyone to take it to try and get the flu bug from spreading. Ben, if you remember this season, uh, there was a couple of flu stories in the news. The uh, New England Patriots 
flew down. They have their own private plane that they flew down on to New Orleans, I think, for a game in December. And uh, there were seven players that were flown on a separate plane because they didn't want those seven players were sick with the flu and they didn't want to contaminate the rest of the the, uh, the, the teammates. Uh, Seattle, as they entered the playoffs, had, you know, a few days where there were eight or 10 guys out of practice with the flu. So it does happen in the NFL as is. And uh, the COVID is a new twist. Well, given the fact that, you know, Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL teams, already have medical staffs, training staffs in place that are familiar with these issues and and trained um, on them. Does that make it a little more possible for you to see this summer before a vaccine is developed that that we may get some sports back at least on on a limited and altered basis? You know, Ben, that that's a a billion dollar question or trillion dollar question that's kind of beyond me. I think medical staffs are equipped to adapt and do what's needed, but we're in unique times as I look at this. Uh, I think this whole pandemic will change your life and my life and our kids' lives, I think more than 9-11 will in terms of what it will be and what does the future hold. I don't know that I can predict. I was talking about this with my wife and she was talking about how medically we're fortunate that uh, San Diego has not been very hard hit. Of course, New York and some other areas have been much more, uh, much worse off. But she's like, well, when do you think we can get back? Get the kids to school and whatever. Uh, and my thought is, look, if you shut down society and sports based off of medical facts, then you could use medical facts to get back to sports. But I think, and I'm not being critical of any politician or any sports league or anybody who's being very careful, so I'm not being critical, but I think a lot of the shutdown was based off of unknown and what it could be that it's more effective than other flus and what the outcomes could be. So that fear part is harder to address uh, and I'm not, look, I'm keeping my kids, my twins and the, and the three-year-old away from the grandparents because I don't want the grandparents to get sick. There's higher mortality rates. So I am taking it seriously, but I'm saying that if you ask the average person on the street, uh, in terms of, uh, their worry, you know, since this is sports related, this kind of started the bellwether event was, uh, was Rudy Gobert the NBA player testing positive. And of course, everyone knows he got one of his teammates infected most likely, or maybe his other teammate infected him, who knows, but no other teammates were infected. None of the staff, 40 some people were tested. None of the other Utah jazz were infected bar one. The person he played against and guarded him for 40 minutes the night before, and that he guarded for 40 minutes the night before and the entire opposing team no one has reportedly gotten it yet. So it is more infective, I think, than some other flus, but it's not like you walk by someone on the sidewalk and you're going to get it. It's not that infective, fortunately. But we're going to have to like figure out ways. I mean, Ben, think about this. One of the heralded moments in sports is the Michael Jordan flu game when he scored 63 points, you know, sweating and flu and the whole deal. Would we ever have that again today or ever again? 
Are we going to now have rules even when sports opens back up, like my kids with preschool, so to speak, where if you've had a fever within 24 hours, you can't go to school no matter how you feel? Are, there, are we going to be policing temperatures like that and fevers for our pro sports athletes? Is there going to be an injury report and then uh, 24 hours ahead of kickoff in the NFL, a temperature report of who's now eligible or ineligible to play? I don't know where it's going to sort out. Obviously, Jordan should have stayed home that day and not exposed his teammates. You're absolutely right. I never thought about that. Um, Doc, so you mentioned how different cities have had, you know, different um, infection, you know, clusters. Uh, New York is obviously much worse than a place like San Diego. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Major League Baseball has at least discussed an idea to maybe bring all the teams to Arizona and their spring training facilities um, where they can kind of keep it contained and keep a closer eye on everyone. But as a as a former team doctor, what would be the challenges you would think that would be inherent in trying to put together all those teams and almost seal them off from the rest of society in order to conduct a season of sports? Well, I think there's a lot of inherent difficulties, uh, starting with, you know, uh, you're going to take dads away from their families and their kids. I mean, yes, they're on the road half the time, but still they get to, to see them the other half of the time. That's that's a pretty big ask of of anybody. But even if you could get players to agree to do that, uh, you've been in the business a long time, Ben. I mean, be it your, your, uh, your TV newscast, there's a lot more people than you on camera, right? There's a lot that goes on to putting on any sporting event. And by the time you get all those people involved and house them and quarantine them. I mean, that's a huge exercise. Think of all the hotel workers or, you know, food service workers that would be needed, you know, for three square meals a day and and what have you and training facilities. That's a Herculean task. And what happens if by chance one of those people turns out to be uh, positive for uh, COVID-19? What does it do to the whole landscape? Uh, it's noble to think about, but I think it's a very difficult logistical task. You'd be amazed when we went to London, not exactly a third world country with the San Diego Chargers. We went the second year that game was uh, in place and played against the Saints. There was a lot of preparations James Collins and others had to make, including flying to London, uh, you know, in the summer before the game and making sure everything is in place. And that's for one singular football game to move a, and create a whole new bubble community and what have you, uh, that is a large task, to say the least. So, Doc, when you look ahead to the NFL season in the fall, what do you envision happening there? There's a lot of talk of whether the, the NFL can start on time in September. The league wants to. Uh, my current opinion is that I think they have a reasonable chance to start in September on time. No guarantee. Are there going to be fans? at all or fans with face coverings on in stadiums who knows but there's an additional worry even if the nfl let's say can kick off in september on time will they be able to finish the season uh, what's going to happen in december and january when flu season comes around again and part of flattening the curve is not getting what we call herd immunity where enough people have been exposed that it doesn't travel around as well anymore that probably won't happen given that we've done a good job of flattening the curve. So absent a vaccine or ready available rapid testing, this landscape could look very different this fall. And even if the NFL kicks off, I'm not sure that they can finish. Dr. David Chow, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Finally, it's my goal to wrap up our podcast with a little good news, even if it may seem hard to come by at times. This one is simple. Many of us who are lucky enough to be healthy are looking for ways to help beyond just staying at home. Well, the American Red Cross needs healthy blood donors tomorrow. That's Tuesday. Right now, the Red Cross has a critical shortage of blood. If you can donate, make an appointment for the blood drive at Pechanga Arena from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. The phone number is 800-RED-CROSS. 10 News is tracking the number of coronavirus cases in San Diego County. Just go to 10news.com and click on our local COVID tracker. There you can find the breakdown of local cases by age and gender. You can also see the geographic location using our interactive map. We also have a list of resources, including how you can help those in need of supplies and how to identify coronavirus symptoms. Just go to 10news.com or download our free 10 News mobile app. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins. And remember, we're all in this together.